0: Welcome to the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. In this episode, we're taking a look at the Sunday scheduled games from week eight in the NFL. We're going to be telling you what matters most from every single game. Sometimes that's an individual performance or a total team performance, but it could also be a lot more long term. We could talk about how it impacts the 2023 NFL draft, the offseason, the playoffs. We'll be able to tell you. I'm Trevor Sikama. With me, as always, is Connor Rogers. It's Monday morning, baby. Let's ring the bell. the NFL stock exchange podcast. I'm Trevor sick But that under all of that beautiful costume and beard is Connor Rogers joining you guys on Halloween. Happy Halloween to everybody that's out there. Whether you celebrated this past weekend on Friday and Saturday, as it seems to be for uh, people in their twenties and thirties, or whether your Halloween festivities are more about tonight, passing out candy, getting some candy, maybe stealing some candy from your kids when they're not looking, whatever it is. Happy Halloween to, uh, to everybody out there. Connor, are you under there, my friend? Is it actually you? It could you. This could be somebody else doing the podcast right now because that costume is so good. I, I could have actually pretended to be Macho
1: Man this whole show, but I think people <laughs> would be like, "Okay, that's enough." I don't want to hear what matters most. And oh yeah,
0: oh yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. It would have got old really quick, but yeah, dude, it's me under here. I I texted you. I was like, "Listen, man, I'm dressing up Sunday night.
0: Uh, happy Halloween to everybody. Uh, obviously, a really fun show here." Yeah, no, this is great. I'm uh this is also the outfit that I'm going to be wearing on the It's Just Football Monday show. This is my Aaron Rodgers cowboy. And I don't have my jeans on right now, but during the show that we're (laughs) gonna do on YouTube, I'm gonna have like the matching jeans, and it's just gonna be pure denim on denim action. Couldn't get a bolo tie in time, but figured if we buttoned it up all the way to the top, we would it works. we, We would basically get the same sort of effect. So hello to everybody who's listening to the podcast. Appreciate you guys. Tuning in. It's a Monday edition of the podcast. And though we're obviously having a little bit more fun for the holidays, it's time to talk about what mattered most from this Sunday slate of games in the NFL. Week eight action, and there's a lot of things to get to. Connor, I will let you start.
1: We go down this bad boy in order. We started the day with Broncos, Jaguars, maybe not uh, the most thrilling matchup in terms of the stakes. These are two teams that. Their season is kind of on the line as my beard gets in my mouth here. This is gonna be a tough one today. I don't. You
0: might. You might. Uh. You might. The, the beard might be coming off. The beard yeah, might. Be we'll coming see how off long
1: the beard point. and glasses last. But I had to. I had to at least get through one game. I told myself through this, but I mean, with this one here, obviously Russ came back from the injury maybe earlier than people expected. We know the whole high knees thing on the plane. Just such uh, a grinder. He's such doing, a grinder, man. Do anything I mean,
0: it takes to win. Well, anything yeah, that it takes to play. Even keeping your
1: teammates awake on the plane, whatever it takes to win. I think with this one, this isn't really groundbreaking. It's It kind of goes two ways, right? What matters is uh, something we've said, is that the, D- the Dem- Denver defense truly can win them games. They're that good. And on the flip mm-hmm. side, as we saw this happen to... Zach Wilson, maybe not on this level. He just didn't really do anything against the Broncos. Trevor Lawrence really, really struggled and has kind of been on the skid right now where this isn't raising the alarm to me, but Trevor Lawrence is what matters most in this game, right? Trevor, I think that that's yeah, kind of the takeaway is. is that he came out of the gate looking much better to start this season and now he's kind of had a really, really tough stretch. Um, you know, and I think the coaching staff there is fine. I don't really have a ton of, <laughs> of gripes with them. But just when you look at him that it's the decision making, right? And we could talk about that with a lot of the young quarterbacks, but it's the the red zone interceptions that are starting pile up to pile up to me. Where I look at it and go, man, Trevor Lawrence's development matters most right now, and I think it hasn't really gone the way a lot of Jacksonville fans hoped for to start this season.
0: Yeah, unfortunately, what matters most is is you're right. It's the Trevor Lawrence factor here because we're two years into a lot of these 2021 quarterbacks. And you remember, it was five guys who got drafted in the top 15, right? Unprecedented. It never happened before. Um, class doesn't look anything close to as strong as what we thought it was going to be, right? We'll get to Zach Wilson <laughs> in a little bit, but Trevor Lawrence's struggle. Justin Fields was awful at the beginning of the year. We barely even saw straight. True. Trey Lance, uh, Wilson obviously did not have a good day. Mac Jones is struggling. There was thoughts of him getting benched for Bailey Zappi, right? And it's just it's crazy how much we touted this quarterback class. And you know what's it, I don't know if this is like I was going to say you know what's wild about it, but it's not really wild. Each one of these quarterbacks had something that we wanted to see get fixed in the NFL, right? Progress. When you got to the next level, if you're really going to become this great prospect, there were things that you had to work on. We'll get to Wilson. I know and we'll devote some time to that as we get to the jets game, but for Lawrence specifically ball placement was an issue when he was at Clemson yep. and it is still an issue. Now, there were some sure some boneheaded decisions that he made at Clemson, but I think that's kind of the progression in the journey of every quarterback. You you figure that a lot of that's going to get better, at least for the best ones, it always does. But you're right, man. These reds over red zone turnovers, the one that we talked about when they played Houston against Derek Stingley, this one today, that ball was picked off incredibly by um, Justin Simmons. I don't want to make sure that we note that, but. Sure. I'm pretty sure that ball gets picked off by whoever was in the back of the end zone too. the trajectory and the path of that ball. If Simmons wouldn't have touched it was going to be so far behind the way the re- the receiver was rolling to the right <laughs> that I honestly think that it would have been picked off by the guy who was on the back end as well. So it was a, a throw that could have been picked off twice was certainly picked off once and probably the higher difficulty way. But I know a lot of Jaguars fans are getting apathetic and, um, negative. About I wonder where Trevor their heads Lawrence. are at, right? I, I was it's feeling it good, out. Man.
1: Yeah, I was feeling it out during the game. I always try to get a gauge. Obviously I, I cover it every Sunday. A young quarterback from that class too that gets really a lot of tough reactions good or bad, right? If he has a good play, everyone goes nuts. If he has a bad play, everyone's like Zach Wilson can't play in the league. So I watch it closely with Trevor Lawrence who was my QB1 that year mm-hmm. and obviously pretty universal it felt like. He was a lot of QB1s yeah, yeah. and it's interesting to me because it just feels like the uh, head scratching turnovers aren't going away. They're not going away, and I think this fan base, unlike you know the Patriots, no matter how Max playing, the Jets, no matter how Zach's playing, those teams have won already they they've won this year they're at least 500 or above jacksonville's like we want to win man like we got this guy and we think he could be really good and we want to win and some of his back-breaking turnovers are
0: impacting not just a drive a quarter a half but the outcome of games i think it is important to remember that trevor lawrence did just turn 23 years old sure oh yeah we're not out on trevor lawrence no way you know you you've got some quarterbacks who are playing the best of their career when they're 33 34 right almost almost a decade later when you're in this league for a long time right and yeah and and i think there's a lot of quarterbacks that have been like that you know we saw rogers like that we saw brady like that we've seen plenty of quarterbacks matthew stafford's a guy who just won a super bowl and was playing um somewhere near his best last year whatever you thought of his best right russell wilson what he's been able to do into his 30s there's so many different guys to name how quarterback we want these guys to succeed right away but then also on the flip side we sit here and say on podcasts and shows oh g- quarterback's one of the toughest positions in all of sports not just football okay well then you probably got to have a little bit of uh you- you've got to give these guys time to grow and fail and all of that i think the important thing to remember is that trevor lawrence is going to be this team's starting quarterback next year right I- oh yeah I-, I i thought about it today as-, as i was watching these games what if jacksonville gets the number one overall pick in this draft and Traded. the more the more I thought about it, they're either drafting Will Anderson or they're trading it. There's there's not going to be a reality where they entertain Bryce Young. I don't think that no, that's no, going no. to be the case. So we can sit here and be frustrated with Trevor Lawrence, but the fact of the matter is he had a dumpster fire of a circus – last year that he had to go through and this is his first year with a real nfl coach who's probably teaching him how to learn with failure for the first time in a long time a lot of what he went through at clemson was easy stuff the offense was simple it was was super easy that he was able to operate yeah we saw flashes of some nfl back shoulder throws and and deep passing concepts and things like that, but they're a few and far between. It was a lot of screens. It was a lot of slants. It was a lot of short stuff. So we knew that there would be a progression, but we haven't seen it yet from Trevor Lawrence, especially in the areas that are really important, like you mentioned. And I think people are freaking out about it. But the thing to remember most is, yeah, Trevor Lawrence has struggled, and we need to note all this. We can't just, we can't just sit here and be like, he's the golden boy. He's going to figure it out. It's worth pointing out at this point. But it is also worth making sure that you are realistic, knowing that Trevor Lawrence isn't going anywhere in Jacksonville. He is going to get at least another year, probably a year after that. So there's plenty of time for him to figure it out. On the flip side, I know that you can fill out the bingo card because we're mentioning multiple things that matter from a game. But I will say this. One of the teams that had the biggest pool of players to sell off at the deadline was the Denver Broncos, Bradley Chubb, Jerry, Judy, KJ Hamler, uh, way, Dalton yep. Reisner, uh, Melvin Gordon, potentially so many different players that they could have had if they were in a fire sale. I don't know if they trade any of them now because of this win that they got this week. Maybe they convinced themselves at three and five that um, they can still turn around. They can still be where they need to be. So, I just don't think we're going to see a fire sale from Denver the way we would have if they lost this game.
1: My last take on this game is uh, something personally that I I find myself trying to do is I have been when I was at Bleacher Report that year. I also helped out with some recruiting stuff because when we were a smaller company, I did everything. And Mm -hmm. so I've been around Trevor Lawrence since he was in high school, right? Like I like I've seen him throw and and practice and all that stuff since he was in high school and he was so special then that, and then he was so special in college so fast that I find myself often trying very hard to separate the guy that was just always so much better than most people in high school and then in college. And now that he is going through the real growing pains of the NFL, not to just sit in my brain like, he'll be a top three quarterback. He'll be a top three quarterback. Like say it Mm -hmm. over and over again, it just happens. Like, and I'm not saying he won't be, But it's something that I've personally struggled with his process because I've only known him for how many years to always be one of the best football players at any level he's at.
0: Yeah. And this is, you know, this is where a lot of these guys are experiencing adversity for the first time, right? In high Mm -hmm. school, they're the best football player on the team. When they're in college, sometimes they're the best football player on the team. And I think that was the case with Trevor Lawrence. And now Lawrence goes to one of the uh worst rosters in the nfl is first year certainly i think jags are going in a different direction they're getting better roster wise but it's just a different scenario and you're seeing these guys in different environments for i think the first time in their football career so this is where you see what kind of player in person they are when uh, adversity strikes if you will so i think that that's going to be the interesting thing to watch moving forward panthers falcons you get to watch it you get to did did you get to watch much of this game because this is a one o'clock game i know you're covering the jets and everything but like This one was nuts to the very end.
1: Yeah, so I I was checking in on it. We were sitting at the desk by the time this game went to overtime, but we have uh, like the little monitors under our desk and I have my phone too. We have obviously a ton of commercial breaks. So watching this thriller, man, uh, this game was insane. Not unpacking a game recap because that's not what we do on this show. As cool as this game was, what matters most to me, I have a Falcons take. I think Arthur Smith really is showing he's the guy and I know that might seem insane, but I look at the Falcons. I saw Albert Breer had this tweet that they are carrying 60 million in dead money this year, 60 million dollars. If you factor in what they can do when they clear off all that dead money and get some players in there, get a quarterback that he trusts to throw the ball a little more. I think schematically, they have really, really figured out a lot of things. Where what matters most to the Falcons that are competing to win a division right now, a team that's mm-hmm. three and one at home, they're four and four on this young NFL season. Not that young, halfway almost, but yeah.
0: midlife crisis. I, yeah. I think
1: the Falcons <laughs> are in a place where it's like, wait, we really believe in our staff. If we get them some of the right players and a better roster, we have our guy for the future to run this division at some point.
0: That is to me the one thing that matters in this game is that the right team won. Right? When I looked at the Carolina great Panthers point, great point. beating the Buccaneers, oh, yeah. I t- <laughs> The Cream right? nice. I saw you with
1: the Instagram the Curie Cup on the spot. I was like, oh, I gotta do it, dude.
0: Anybody who hasn't seen Connor's Instagram, he does the pose with the little <laughs> like the little cup. In his oh, costume, man. you guys got to go see. I, but, when oh, I got
1: home, dude, I ripped off my suit and tie so yeah. fast and got right into this shirt, and I was like, ah, "I feel normal again."
0: Yeah, now you're at home. Now yeah. you're at home. Sunglasses and a giant beard and a and a, and a, a bandana over your head, dude. That's, that's over my real hair, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> uh anyway so okay when the panthers when the panthers beat the bucks last week i i talked about how the wrong team won that game and it not just from a a, a bucks bias perspective because i want that team to win but carolina is in a place where not really fighting for anybody like i i don't think that wilkes is going to be the the head coach there I really don't now I get that the players are sick of losing but they kind of need to lose here like they need Bryce Young (laughs) they they need that number one you're not wrong in any of this they need that number one overall pick they really do Falcons on the other hand look the Falcons win the NFC South are they going to lose in the first round of the playoffs you bet your damn ass they are they're probably (laughs) going to get absolutely killed no matter who they play but this is a team that has a lot of their core in place. This is a team that has a first-year first 1st head coach in place. That goes back to the winning culture that you, that you and I talk about on this podcast all the time. Instilling a winning mentality and a appetite, a desire, a hunger for success, for winning, becoming winners, that is a real thing. I 100 that I believe that to be a real thing. If Carolina would have won this game, which let's face it, they probably should have. DJ Moore yeah. doesn't take it well. There's so many ways you can look. at Yeah, this. I was going to say you could say it for everybody. Right. You, you could look at the DJ Moore catch, the Hail Mary catch, and say to yourself, okay, that shouldn't have happened. But then if you say DJ Moore, if he doesn't take his helmet off, they probably kick the extra point, they win that game. And then in overtime, if Eddie Pinheiro just makes whatever it was, a 35-yard field goal, they win that game. So. Falcons absolutely were able to to grab this from the clutches of defeat or however the saying goes. But if Carolina would have won this game, I would have told you that this whole contest was basically like a no win for anybody. Carolina got further away from picking the guy that they wanted at the top of the draft and the Atlanta Falcons who were still going to be a spunky team going for a division title even though it's not the greatest division, trying to win as many games as possible, they would have not accomplished that goal either. So All of that to say, the right team won here, okay? Falcons are establishing their identity right now. They're a rushing team. They didn't rush the ball as well today as they have in the past, but they still stuck to their identity, I thought. You look, Caleb McGarry, he was it, next to Chris Lindstrom, who has been one of the best run blocking guards in the NFL so far this year. Caleb McGarry is the one who had an elite run blocking grade today, which is is great to see the entire offensive line kind of take on that identity. They give Kyle Pitts nine targets today, which you love to see. And I think they're kind of coming into their own. Is the talent level low on this team? Yes, it is. But I think they're establishing their identity. They're establishing that winning culture, and they're having fun doing it. So, Connor, I, my main takeaway, my thing that mattered most, the right team won here in both occasions. Dude, I think that's a great take. I think it, everybody it is and everybody wins. As fun as
1: it was for the Panthers while watching this game. And I know this division is wide open. It, I, I'm totally with you on that. All right, Bears, Cowboys. A bit of a tricky one here. I I don't, I have Bears takes, but I, I really prefer to talk about the Cowboys in this spot. You talk about the Cowboys then because I'll, t- I'll talk about the Bears. Perfect. I mean, what matters most to me if the Dallas Cowboys want a shot to be in the Super Bowl, Tony Pollard is is their guy. Tony Pollard's the guy. Like I don't I'm not breaking news to Cowboys fans. Cowboys fans know this. Jerry Jones immediately after the game felt the need to say that when Zeke's healthy, Zeke's the guy, all this stuff. I don't really even understand that besides the fact you're paying him. I just look at the Dallas offense. I'm trying to envision myself as a defensive coordinator or any opposition playing them. And mm-hmm. I look at Dak back, I look at CD Lamb, I look at some of the nice pieces they have on the offensive line. Tony Pollard touching the football more scares me. Tony Pollard touching the ball is big play threat, is creating his own yards, is explosive in every aspect of the game. The Dallas offense, Zeke is not going to just ride the bench. You're going to use Zeke. But at some point, as a coaching staff, you need to look at what you've seen now for so long and be like, we are terrifying with Tony Pollard as our lead running back. And if we finally just accept that, we have a shot to legitimately go very far in the nfc playoffs this year uh, yeah
0: i mean look tony pollard has long been the more explosive more dangerous player with the ball in his hands and now we have like, like concrete proof l- legitimate proof before it was just kind of flashes and everybody wanted to see it from Pollard, but it wasn't realistic now we're getting to see it with him getting a full-time uh carry load and, and I, I agree with you i think that I, I thought Dak played really well today. Um, I, I thought that he looked more comfortable than he did last week, and that's all you really want, right? I think the Cowboys want to ramp up for the playoffs. Shoot, man, it it, it doesn't look like they're going to catch the Eagles. It doesn't look like the Eagles are going to lose more than two or three games this entire regular season. So, yeah, I, I don't know. We'll get there. I, I It's – yeah, we'll get there. We'll talk about the Eagles in a little bit. But all that to say, I think the Cowboys are also a team that's going to make the playoffs. So, I think that it's just a, a matter of being healthy – playing your best ball by the time the end of the season gets there. So wasn't worried about Dak last week. He looked even better this week. I think they were certainly on a roll, especially with Tony Pollard as the guy getting the carries. Um, on the other side of things, I figured that the Cowboys were going to win this game, right? The, the, the what matters most to me was not really the Dallas Cowboys winning. I always thought they were going to win. I feel like this offense has the kind of capabilities to put up a lot of points in the 40s. What mattered most to me, I get it. Bears lost by 20. Ain't no moral victories in the NFL. But this is a good game for the Bears. I mean, like this, given exactly where they are as a franchise, as a roster, as a team right now, this was a good game for the Bears. Think of what the Bears were and the outlook for them going into the season. And now think about the way that we look at the Chicago Bears. I think the most important thing is that Justin Fields is getting a little bit better and more than a little bit better, more confident, right? Okay, Justin Fields has not become that cerebral passer that we saw a good chunk of while he was at Ohio State. That part is still coming, but he is getting more confident because of how they're playing and they're allowing him to go on more design runs They're allowing him to have more say, more big plays, more ability to contribute in the run game. They don't want to be winning games right now either. Like as much as it is fun for Chicago to have a couple of these wins where they've like really gutted it out and got some wins and haven't been embarrassing, like their record's not going to be embarrassing at the end of the year, they don't want to be stacking too many of these bad boys up. You know, I I don't think they're in the the same situation that the Falcons are in. So the important part to me is that the young players are looking better, and I think the young players are genuinely looking better. Bears rush for over 200 yards for their third straight game. I saw this on the broadcast. That's the first time since 1968 that they've been able to do that as a franchise. Now, the year part doesn't matter. The success does. Because it's the fourth time that they've been able to rush for over 200 yards as a team so far this season. So, if you look at this, half of their games, they have been able to do exactly what they've set out to do. Be a rushing team, rush the football, control the time possession, control the game. That's what they want to do. They know they're not explosive. They know they don't have that talent. So instead, they're sticking to their identity. This O line man, they're becoming maulers in the run game. If you even go back to their early games they had earlier in the season when the O line was definitely struggling, you take that into the equation. They still have the fourth highest run blocking grade as a unit for our grading system this year. So I, I think all around, yes, 20 point losses. People might be looking at me like, Trevor, you are crazy. How are you saying this is a good game? No 20 point loss is ever a good game. Fair. But if I'm looking at it half glass, half full, this was still the identity of the Bears. And guess what? They still scored 29. They still scored a lot of points. That's a lot of points for this offense the way that it is. So that tells me that things are going according to plan on that side of the ball. And I think that when you have a rookie quarterback with as much talent and as much potential as Justin Fields, that is what is most important. So I think that that was the big takeaway for me.
1: Yeah, it's it, absolutely. It feels like they've tailored the offense around Fields a little more. It was nice to see Khalil Herbert lead the backfield in carries.
0: I, I mean, obviously, we well, it to was see. It wasn't for me because I had a, I had a, I had a four leg parlay where that was the only one that didn't hit, and I would have won like two hundred. Sorry, bucks, buddy, but you know, I, it's okay. Khalil was running awesome, so you know what? I tip my cowboy hat to you, <laughs> Khalil Herbert. Dude. You are beautifully
1: done beautifully done uh, get it because it was the cowboys game all right so
0: <laughs> true. dolphins lions
1: Th- this was kind of a wild game because the lions in the first half were very true to form where they really weren't playing a lot of defense but they were scoring a ton of points and then the second half they just couldn't get anything going on offense uh, man i'm just torn on this right there's part of me what matters most, I don't want to keep do, like I don't want to ever keep doing the same what matters most. I always try to avoid that. Mm-hmm. But to me, what matters most is that the Lions need to and I don't know if I know the I don't know the answer necessarily. The Lions need to distinguish the lack of talent versus coaching. And what like is are they separate issues? Is one an issue? You know what I mean, Trevor? I yeah, look at them and I 100%. go how are you this inept defensively? Like, I've seen yeah. rosters with really no talent on defense. And they've invested They've invested a little bit on this defense. It's not like they've done nothing. There's a couple picks. They're also shorthanded. I'll admit that. Mm-hmm. Is, and I love Aaron Glenn, man. Aaron Glenn is like a Jets legend. I think Aaron Glenn is a guy that people love when he speaks. I want to see Aaron Glenn figure this thing out. I think what matters the most to the Lions, though, right now, they're one and 6 they're not going anywhere this year. I don't think they're going to pull the plug on this staff. I really do think they believe in Dan Campbell. But when that, when you say that, the equation often is from ownership, hey, man, you got to change something on your staff. We can't just run the same thing back. And I'm not yeah. saying fire Aaron Glenn. I'm just saying you need to figure out what that is.
0: Tyree kill, 12 catches, 188 receiving yards. Jalen it's going to happen. Eight catches, yeah. 106 receiving yards. The thing is that, like, you can't let both of them go off the yeah. way that they did in this game.
1: And not both.
0: You so you brought up a fantastic point when you started your what matters most about this. Who's to blame? What's the root? And I think that is the important question because look, at one and six, they're one and six now, right? Not one and yeah, seven. one and yeah, they're, they're one and six, brother. I mean, at at one and six your season is done. They're not going to be making the playoffs. Yes, they can win a handful of games down the stretch, maybe put themselves in a better position if this staff is coming back to where you believe in it a little bit more. But this is an utterly disappointing start to this season, and it's a gut punch. If you are management, if you are the front office, if you are the owner, whatever it is, you want to figure out what the root of the problem is here because I I mentioned those two wide receiver stats right there. After the game, Dan Campbell... Was asked on, "Hey, how did you let the Dolphins? How did you let for a pass for almost 500 yards? How did those two receivers get over 100 yards when you know exactly? It's not like they came out of nowhere, right? It's not they were. It's not like they were late round gems. This is Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle. You, you, you knew that they. You know where they were. They were on the billboard. You know they, they're. They were the guys that you had to worry about. Dan Campbell said after the game, quote, we 'We didn't hit them.'" We didn't hit them at the line of scrimmage. That was a part of our game plan. We didn't disrupt them. We did not disrupt. And when you let them do that and get into your defense, we didn't want to turn this into a track meet, and it absolutely turned into a track meet, okay? That was after the game today where he talked about we didn't get hands. We weren't up in press. We were not physical with these two guys where if you don't do that and you give them free releases, they're going to kill you. This is Thursday. This quote was Thursday from Aaron Glenn. Oh, man. We have to get hands on them. Don't let them utilize what they have. You always want to put yourself in an advantageous situation and our guys are bigger, lengthier guys. So that's something that we're going to get a chance to do on them, be able to get hands on them, just disrupt them. One thing that you can't do is just allow receivers to get into the teeth of your defense. And when you do that, usually bad things happen. So you have two coaches, one two days before the game one after the game who clearly they had the same exact thought process they had the same exact game plan and they were on the same page so there is no oh this game plan was bad going up against the miami dolphins who's not getting this across are the players just simply not executing what is being told of them because if that's the case that's more of a roster issue. That's a player yep. thing that's a that's the root right there. or is it the fact that these coaches somehow can't get these guys to do it? We, this is this is a rare instance where we all love to throw around play calling uh, game plan, scheme like we all love to throw around these words but often we don't have enough context because we're not in the building to know exactly what was said, how it was laid out, what the plan was going into the week, who's blowing it, the players, the coaches, what's up here? We normally don't know. This week was a perfect example of we know exactly what happened. The players just didn't execute. But now it's why. How did we get to that point of why? So that is a, That is that is that is my takeaway from the Lions. Actually, my main takeaway was from the Dolphins. But if you had something else to say about the, the, the Lions, I was going to let you go off again.
1: No, no, that's it. That's my question with this team right now. I find myself I, I, trying to root for the Lions. Like, I, there's a lot mm-hmm. to like about the Lions. And I know Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes are there on five-year deals. I mean, th- like, this is this is it, right? You're not just going to keep tearing it up. But when things look this bad, you just have to ask some hard questions. Of, And I get it. The Dolphins have done this to a lot of teams. But this happened. This has happened to you every week, man. Like, it's happening yeah. to you every week. Like, aren't you sick of it? So, I, I didn't really have a big Dolphins takeaway here. This, I, My... The Dolphins, this is who they are. If you want to get into a track meet with them, you're gonna you're gonna lose. You're gonna fall behind. If you want to yeah. get into the what is it, the freeze in baseball? You ever see that guy? He starts way behind everybody and then catches up. It's a gimmick thing. If you want to run against the freeze, you're gonna lose. But the Dolphins' defense, you know, they, they have to they have some uh, self reflecting to do, and I th- I think it's maybe good that they're tr- they're doing that now and not learning the hard way at the end of the year. But at some point, that has to improve as well.
0: Here's what I will say about the Dolphins. Actually, my one thing that mattered most was, was about the Dolphins. Um, regardless of what you think of Tua's overall ceiling, of how he matches up against the other quarterbacks in his draft class, uh, what you think his next contract should be and whether he's worth the next contract in, in Miami, regardless of all of those long-term things, if you are looking at things just this year, Tua is plenty capable Tua's of getting the, the ball in the hands of these offensive weapons. The Dolphins yeah. are right there as potentially that fifth best team in the NFL. I think there's a, co- there's a, there's a handful of teams you, that, that, that we could talk about in that conversation later in the show. I'm going to tell you who I think the fifth best team in the NFL is. But the Dolphins are right there. They're going to make the playoffs. And like you just said, Connor, if you get in a track meet with them, if you let things get out of hand, Tua will beat you. Was a couple, were there a couple of underthrown balls that Tyree killed today? Yes, there were. That's just who Tua is. But also, a lot of quarterbacks do that every single week, but we put Tua under a microscope with it. So I'm not talking long-term. I'm not talking versus Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow. I'm not taking con- talking contract. I'm not talking ceiling. I'm talking this year, right now, what matters most to me is Tua, can operate this offense he can get the ball where it needs to go and if you get into like you said if you get a new track meet with him the dolphins can beat you and i think that that's also a recipe that can win you a playoff game so i'm interested to see who they match up with when it comes to january all right what's next
1: yeah i'm, I'm glad you got the Tua point in there that's an oversight by me for not bringing him up because i i really liked Tua as a prospect you know i knew that the, the health thing became a bigger issue and he's in an offense that is just under mcdaniel with those wide receivers is perfect People just got to say it like Tua's is a good player. None of Tua's issues, for the most part, are have to do with accuracy in his brain. Like those things will carry you a long way. He just needs to stay healthy. And, you know, that's that's a big wild card. But let's go Cardinals Vikings. Um, my big t- takeaway here is definitely on the Vikings side who are now six and one. Are they the quietest six win team in the NFL? I, re- I really think so.
0: I mean yeah, right? yeah like, 100%, 100%, 100%. Yeah. They're also about to run away with a division. Is the ex- sprinting away. They are 4 out at home. That's what my main point was that, yeah. that, that they're just running away with it.
1: Okay, so we're gonna I'll toss to you in just a sec, because I have a Vikings point that, that'll that that'll be a nice follow up. I, I loved how balanced their offense is under Kevin O'Connell. You you look at what the Vikings can do and why they're so much more successful this year in terms of previous years, at least in my eyes, is that They can run the ball effectively with two running backs, not one, with both Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison, who both scored today, and uh, both were wildly efficient with their carries. And they can throw effectively, accurately with Kirk Cousins, two really good weapons in Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, getting Cook involved as a pass-catching back. So I just look at the Vikings, and I think their offense is, is so balanced because of the head coach they hired and that is how they can find a way to outscore get as many points as they need to to keep on winning over and over again
0: Uh, kevin o'connell is doing a great job man great job we we highlighted him earlier this year and talked about how good the vikings were as an on script team meaning uh, drives that are right out of the half or right out of the beginning of the game or two minute warnings as well. Two minute drives too. things where you have practiced exactly what plays you are running and what order you are running them and how you're going to get down the field and why you're going to get down the field. He was clearly really great at instilling that within his offense guys knew exactly where they needed to be. They knew they were why they were doing it and they were able to move the ball really well. Now I think they're figuring it out in the, um, in the in-between as well a little bit and it wasn't a perfect game from the vikings you know it was a lot of back and forth and the cardinals almost came back and look if i had a little point about the cardinals we've talked about the cardinals and team building and kind of where the roster is but look they were down three three of their starting offensive linemen um james connor wasn't in the game um they had wide receivers down so like they, they were they were so hurt it was basically kyler murray and deandre hopkins versus the world which holy cow DeAndre hopkins unbelievable man uh, guys were wanting is- to get back huh You know, they're and they're one and one since Hopkins came back. And I think that's the most important thing, right? They clearly were not good enough on the offensive side of the football without DeAndre Hopkins. Now they've got him back. The team was beat up this week, but he still played really well. So that's kinda I didn't really have a ton on the Cardinals, but for the Vikings, they're I think they're absolutely going to run away with this division. They're six and one. The Packers, you were recording this on Sunday night, I assume that the Packers are going to lose to the Buffalo Bills, which would then put the That won't come back to bite us. (laughs) Which, okay, yeah, well, uh, look, I'll take it, I guess. If the Packers win, I'll take it. Uh, I'll take it on the chin. But if the Packers lose tonight, they will be 3-5. and They will be tied with the Chicago Bears, and they will be three three whole-ass games behind Minnesota for the top of that division. Minnesota went into this week with the second-highest odds in the NFL to win their division, second only behind Minnesota. The Kansas City Chiefs, I believe, were 88%. The Vikings were 87 If the Packers do lose tonight, pa- the Vikings are going to be like 94% to win their division with, with, with half a season left. It's nuts. They're going to be in the 90s with half a season left? It's crazy. That's insane. So insane. Uh, get ready to see Minnesota in a playoff game because they're absolutely going to be in a playoff game. Hosting one. Hosting yep. one for Minnesota. One.
1: All right, Raiders, Saints... Maybe a quick one because both teams significant losing records. A game that the Saints won twenty four nothing. My takeaway is Raiders base Trevor. I, I mean it has I, to be. It, <laughs> it has to be. I. It's not always all his fault, although it seems that way. The Derek Carr era with the Raiders is over. It's over. Oh man. It, it's over. I mean, in. It, it, I think it's best for both sides. Is that okay? Like this isn't an, in- I don't even think this is an insult either way. I think both sides, I know the Devontae Adams thing is the combo we always come back to. We've talked about Car's contract. I mean, they can get off the hook for a lot of the money. I just, man, it's just hard right now. This is, this team's not supposed to be bad. Can we just say like this team is not, not supposed to be bad. Josh McDaniels, honestly, might suck as a coach again. Again, he might suck again. But I think them hiring McDaniels, whether he's bad or not, it's probably going to be the end of Carr because I think McDaniels will want to start anew with a quarterback. And then you still, this is probably your last offseason that you could trade Carr for anything of value at this point. There's going to be some teams that are going to need a vet that they trust to not win or lose them games, but play in the offense and get them by. I, I that's my, I know that's harsh to have that takeaway from this game where so much was wrong, but that's my, I know what the conversation is going to be this off season. It'll be the most important thing.
0: Uh, my most important thing from this game is I have it written right on this tab. This is Derek Carr's last season with the Raiders. I, I agree with you. And completely. Me and Trevor don't, we don't talk about any of this before we sit down and record nope nope um maybe we should uh but we don't you know we we want it for you know live entertainment you know it's good we don't go like we don't usually have the same take a lot so it
1: means that it's right it freaking matters
0: yeah this is it was tough man Derek Carr completed one pass beyond 10 yards today um Look, I've, I've talked about it. You play in New Orleans. It's tough in New Orleans. It's, it's just a tough place to play, but you got to be able to score more than zero points, man. It's too much money invested in that offense. Uh, I get that it's not perfect. I get that the offensive line was letting him down. I get all of those things, but it's got to be better than what it is. And unfortunately, we're at, they're going to be at a crossroads, I think this upcoming off season, where um, they can get out of Derek Carr's contract. If you want to cut him, you only have $5 million of dead money. Um, where he skyrockets against the cap. He goes to, I believe it's 35 million on the cap next year, 34 or 35, and then those last two years of the deal, 24 and 25. he goes up to in the 40s um, for cap space. And, and you can't even think about paying a quarterback who's playing the way that Derek Carr has played so far this season that much money. The interesting part is you talked about him getting traded. He has no trade clause in his contract extension, which is just a interesting part of all of this is if they do want to get, if they do want to get rid of him, then um, they would have to get him to sign off on it. So one way or another, I think that this is probably his last year because the team is going to see an opportunity to move on from Derek Carr, start a new era that has been, I think putting a lot of Raiders fans in in an apathetic state, which is where you never want to be as a team, you can't have your fans go, "Oh well, another loss." You know, like that's that's the worst place that you could possibly be as a as a franchise. So, with it being McDaniel's first year, even if I agree with you that maybe McDaniel's just isn't good at this head coach thing, it's probably more realistic that they get rid of Carr, knowing how much money they can save on the cap versus keeping Carr, firing a head coach after one season and completely cleaning house. They have the sixth overall pick in the, the current NFL draft as it stands today. Ooh, let's check out the projection. I don't know if they get higher than that. I don't, I don't really do. If the, if the Raiders are picking five, or the, if the Raiders are picking top five, I don't think they're picking top three if it makes sense, if that makes sense. I don't know if they're going to be bad enough to get in that top three range, so instead, I think it's going to be probably somewhere from four to eight. That's where the Raiders are going to be picking, and you're going to consider quarterback. You have to consider quarterback. So I think that's the that's the big takeaway from this game is that uh, this is the this is the final year that Derek Carr will be a member of the Las Vegas Raiders. Which which I saw somebody uh, who tweeted this out. I want to get I'm going to give credit to this person. Somebody tweeted this out that i read i can't find it god i'm bad um Derek carr has now lost to 30 teams in the nfl uh, the only two teams that he has not lost to the carolina panthers and the las vegas raiders obviously because he has been a raider his entire career
1: well don't Do, right, I'll get
0: the chance the record is 30, I think. So he has tied a bunch of other quarterbacks who have who have also lost to 30 other franchises. They don't play the Panthers this year. And they don't play the Panthers next year. But if he gets traded, he has an opportunity to maybe lose to both of those franchises and become the only starting quarterback to ever lose to all 32 NFL teams.
1: And it'll be on primetime because there's nothing the NFL likes more than having a quarterback play against their former team on primetime.
0: That's very true. We've seen that many times with uh, with Russell Wilson already. Before we get to the next game, got to talk to you guys about our friends over at Mojo. What if you could have invested in Tom Brady's stock as a rookie, right? Your investment would be worth over 4,000%. Now, it's not a what if, but now it's a who's next. Mojo is the all-new sports stock market that lets you invest in your favorite athletes and cash in on your passion. Sign up right now on the Apple Store to get your first stock for three, which could be worth up to 10 thousand dollars. Over 300 players are listed on Mojo. So you can invest in uh plenty of great players. Saquon Barkley is a comeback player of the year. Patrick Mahomes uh as a superstar that you maybe think is going even higher. Shoot, you can even bet on guys who you think are playing way too well right now that you think are gonna that are gonna flop. You can short sell these guys too. It's the full stock market of players. Prices move with every play, every game, every headline. So you can buy and sell instantly anytime all year long so that the action never stops mojo is live in new jersey right now so download the mojo app in the app store today to start turning playmakers into money makers must be 21 or older to use mojo located in new jersey to make trades if you got a gambling problem help is available at 1-800-GAMBLER visit mojo.com for more info oh I got one more got one more sorry messed up messed up messed up my own mojo right there also got to talk to you about our friends over No House Advantage. No House Advantage is changing the game by offering the most dynamic fantasy platform available today. Play in pick contests versus other people for a shot at winning $250,000 in cash. Download the app, choose a contest, select your player props, and earn points for correct picks. Climb that leaderboard for your shot to win big money every single day. You can also test your skills versus the house and get 20 times your entry if you hit all your picks. Bet on up to five player props over-unders, or individual player matchups across every major sporting league, including the NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, MMA, and even NASCAR. Sign up today with the promo code STOCK, that's S-T-O-C-K, at knowhouseadvantage.com, or download the app on the App Store to get a first deposit match up to $25. Make sure you check out know House Advantage today and experience daily fantasy sports redefined because it's not just about how you play but also where you play. And you guys won't want to miss out on what no house advantage is doing. We're we going next. Connor. I put the
1: glasses back on. Cause we're going to jets, Pats. Oh. And I just
0: trying to block uh, out the sadness, brother, brother, <laughs> help me understand. Cause my one thing that matters most is not kind, but I'll let you start. I'll it's probably the
1: same. What matters most is the Jets are a good football team with a quarterback that can lose them any game, any game. And I, I mean, who better to hear it from than both me and you who liked Zach Wilson a lot in that draft. I mean, I it, mean yeah. it doesn't really matter how you slice it because all the quarterbacks are like when you take their full sample size of what they've been, there's just, there's no winner right now. So it's, I mean, just being honest, Here it is right now. Zach Wilson, and I don't know if this is a habit he can break until he stops constantly drifting and fading backwards sideways, putting himself in compromised positions and still throwing the ball in the field of play from those compromised positions. The jets are always going to be playing with their arms tied behind their back or running Mm -hmm. with a potato sack on. And It hurts to say, man, like it hurts to say, because the good thing is there's so many reasons this team already has five wins and why they're in huge games like these that have gone right. But the quarterback is just, you cannot say with confidence that it's one of them right now where the defense played really well. Mac Jones looked, (laughs) here's the take. If John Franklin Myers doesn't get the roughing the passer that negates the, 80 yard pick six at the half. Mm, Mac Jones mm. pro- does not come out to start the half. It's Bailey Zappi again. That's how bad Mac Jones was, in my opinion. And, and the Jets still lost. I don't want to say decisively, it was close enough, but it just felt like they were so far away. Even with Mac playing, honestly, poorly, the Jets defense playing well enough, Zach Wilson was that bad that he just threw away the game. For the most part there's other things here but what matters most is for the Jets they need not good not average mediocre quarterback play right now and they got a shot almost all the time maybe not against like the Bills but sure. almost all the time right on their schedule right. and they didn't get that and it it's a it's a it's what matters most because it's a question that isn't going anywhere Trevor it's not going anywhere
0: this is from football perspective the an account on twitter zach wilson's the first quarterback in nine years to throw for 350 yards and complete less than 50 of his passes matthew stafford also did it in 2013. um wilson still thinks he's at byu and that's bingo that's and that's really dangerous right because i think a lot of us that really like zach wilson coming out of the draft looked at him and it goes back to the trevor lawrence conversation that we were talking about there there were a lot of things to like and invest in and have hope in from that quarterback class in 2021, but that didn't mean they were perfect prospects. When you looked at Zach Wilson, the lightning quick release, the big arm, the mobility, how he could extend plays, how he was a big game hunter, all of those things you loved. What you didn't love was the fact that he played behind the be- one of the best offensive lines in the country and they played one of the softest schedules in college football over the last 2 years. So Zach Wilson had no concept of pocket management cuz nobody was getting close to him. And he basically, Zach Wilson when he was at BYU he would bail from pockets for fun like for the hell of it because it didn't matter to him because right he was playing Madden and when you look at some of those throws that he threw today he is playing Madden he is he he is throwing like there is no consequence and I'm not saying that he doesn't care because you saw in the post-game press conference when You know, I saw the clip with him and and Connor Hughes. He's getting, I think it was Connor Hughes. He was getting a little snippy with him when he was talking about stats. And he was, yeah, he was pretty pissed today. And that's the thing. Like, I I don't think Zach Wilson is... uh, Who's the the quarterback in the the replacements who's like the old quarterback who's sucking and he's basically just still like smiling on the sideline. He's like, "Ah, I don't give a shit, I'm rich. He's not him, yeah. He's not him. Like Zach Wilson's clearly frustrated that he's not playing well, but my guy, my brother in Christ, the only one who can can alleviate that is you. And that is the biggest issue with Zach Wilson is not... What is happening? It's not the turnovers, exactly. Like the, it's not the tur- the stat in the turnover column that's worrisome. It's the fact that the turnover is coming about the exact same way that we saw in college two years ago. Now, I just got done saying that Trevor Wilson is or t- Trevor Wilson, Trevor Lawrence is young, and that we've got to keep that into perspective. I still think that's the case with Zach Wilson. But the issue is, is that when your problem is turnovers that hook comes a lot quicker because your head coach ain't trying to live through you giving the ball away and that's the major issue with Zach Wilson right now is I don't think he's going to get yanked I don't think he's going to get benched but it's that has to get better quickly like you look at Justin Fields situation Fields not a good passer right now he's just not he's not a good passer but the thing is He's, he hasn't been catastrophically bad in that instance. He's just not as consistent. He's not as dynamic. He's not what you want in the passing game yet, but he, but especially because of the running ability and they've figured out a way to get him in the offense, he's not like an active negative for you. Like yep. you brought up in your point, Zach Wilson is. He is an active negative for the Jets right now. And, and he hadn't been, and it getting, hit the breaking point. And that's when you start getting dangerous because they were yep. in a situation where, dude, that first touchdown was beautiful. Gorgeous right, throw. rocket it to the front pylon, you know, fit it into it right on the chest of the wide receiver while the corner was close to him. Beautiful, fantastic touchdown pass. But then it's almost like Zach Wilson was just like, all right, it's Zach Wilson time, you know, like at some point in the game. 100%, dude. And you're like, my guy. So that's, uh, that's, that's my biggest takeaway is obviously Zach Wilson, and that's kind of what it is. Yeah.
1: I, I just... I, call me biased. I just don't have a New England takeaway from this game. Like, all their p- problems still nah. exist. No. But credit really to Belichick. It. Like, he they out-coached the Jets today, and they got the win. There's no, like, no bitterness about that. But the, what matters most from this game is that Zach Wilson threw it away. So.
0: Yeah. Um, uh, by the way, while we're still recording, Bills are already up 14-0 on the Packers as the second quarter is starting. So, I don't think I'm going to have to eat my words of the Packers. Being I just
1: saw the digs about. touchdown, and he was uh, – he was fired up after Ooh, what happened okay. on the field before little john going on it's it's pretty crazy environment there in buffalo as always all right steelers eagles mm. maybe a quick one yep probably <sighs> i mean the eagles are just a wagon man what else like what else do you want me to say they're a wagon House. i, I want to pull up their schedule right now just to kind of see like when are we going to learn something about the eagles i <laughs> so, you know Mike? it's like
0: Mike and I, so like Mike and I on It's Just Football did. Oh, God. Um, when oh, Christ. We, Right, right. What Mike and Mike, Mike. this? And I, Mike and I on It's Just Football, we did. When are the Eagles going to lose? And I said maybe against the Colts in week 11. And Mike said they won't lose until week 16 when they play the Cowboys again. I agree. that's Now what? Now I also have to agree. Dude, what is this? The Eagles They're
1: gonna might lose. are going to lo- lose one game. Bro, the Eagles might lose one to two games this year. That's what matters most. My, I mean, that which makes me wonder. Um, like, what is Jalen Hurts' MVP odds right now? Not
0: because
1: high enough. I know it's he's only the second best. He was the second best odds recently. Oh man, okay. I mean, it's it was it's probably going to open really rough on Monday morning, but he was in the two mm. hundreds. that's. I mean, and the Steelers, dude, it's like, it's not, it's, I don't want to make excuses for Kenny Pickett because he doesn't look good, but I just don't know a lot of quarterbacks that are going to go in that situation and, and flourish, to be honest with you. It's hard to have real Kenny Pickett takes right now. I don't think he looks good, but I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh man, they really screwed this one up.
0: Uh, my main takeaway is kind of the same thing Beers yours is basically the Eagles are a house. And if we're getting more detailed into it, my, what matters most is that Jalen hurts is not this cute. He's he's not this cute story about a running quarterback who's doing just enough to elevate no. a, a really good roster around him. Like this is a legit MVP candidate. This is a legit MVP candidate. Those two nine ball throws, those, those fades to the corner of the end zone that he hits to AJ Brown touchdowns number two and three, <laughs> it's just stupid oh those were fantastic those were just beautiful passes so now not only is jalen hurts a weapon in the run game we already know he plays behind one of the best offensive lines in the nfl now you're telling me that he could take the top off a of defense like that with a guy like aj brown good luck he's got Devonte smith quez Watkins, dallas goddard miles sanders can Gainwell game well when he's healthy? Right. Like, I, I mean, like, there, there's so many places where this ball can go, given that it's behind the Eagles' offensive line the way that it is. This is uh, Jalen Hurts. I just wanted it. That is my what matters most. This is not a. He's, you know, he's doing enough. Like, he's, he's, he's managing a really talented team. No, no, no. He is. He is part of the talented team. He is part of the reason, a major reason why this team is as good as they are. So don't let. Don't let your friends talk about it other way if they are. stand on your ground for Jalen Hurts. Robert Quinn making his
1: Eagles debut. Uh, had a quarterback hit in this game. Only played, he had 15 pass rush snaps. He had the quarterback hit in a hurry. He'll go get his legs under him there. I'll close out the Eagles by asking you this, Trevor.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Is Howie Roseman maybe the best GM in football right now? Yep. I, I like the conviction in that answer. because I, Yep.
0: I think so, too. Yeah, you I know what so. was uh, speaking. Speaking of the Eagles, <clears throat> did you see the Kamara trade rumors that were yeah. going around? <laughs> how it was like, and I'm not saying like the rumors. I, I don't know if the, I don't know how true they were, but it was always it was always funny when I was reading the same headlines. And I feel like a lot of people were like copy and pasting, and it was Saints Saints would consider trading Kamara to the Eagles if they got their pick back. The funniest part about that was you saying would consider. (laughs) What, you think the Eagles are going to give you a top five pick for Alvin Kamara? Alvin Kamara, whose cap cap number skyrockets next year, I think. I mean, if you're all in on winning a championship, sure, I guess I get it. But, like, the reason why the Eagles are in the situation they're in is because they didn't do shit like that. Exactly.
1: Exactly, dude. It was funny. It's like the biggest, like, whoopsie like trade ever
0: oh that's that's the good stuff all I, right hold on, wa- hold, on, hold on let me look at kamara's contract real quick because i think it just it, it was just yeah kamara okay so kamara's six mil on the cap this year he goes up to 16 16 and then 27 in the last three years of his deal so you'd Ridiculous. have to get so complicated with like moving the money around and stuff it's just oh yeah let's trade it let's trade the number five overall pick for a running back we, who goes 16 we mil consider on the it next year. <laughs> we consider- we'll, we'll think about it yeah, I bet you would. New Nor- Orleans calls back instantly,
1: dude. Anyways, I love trade headline season. It's, it's the best. I, I right. want you to start with the next one because okay. uh, I've kind of been running away with these with these obvious ones. And maybe this one, there's no crazy take, but Titans Texans. We got Malik Willis's first career start. What, what do you have for this game? As the Titans improve to a quiet five and two, and the Texans unfortunately fall. To one five and one.
0: Yeah, this I mean this is going to be a quick one because I I don't I don't think we learned a lot in this game, right? I mean the final score was seventeen to ten. What's the thing that we've talked about with the Titans all the time? Team Team Motors Gay said this uh PFFs employee that the Tennessee Titans will always just be a little bit better than whoever they're playing in the AFC South. That's it. And it look if they're playing another AFC South opponent that is like a Super Bowl caliber team, guess what? Titans are just going to be a little bit better than him because that's what always happens. If they're playing a team that is in contention for a number three overall pick, like the Houston Texans are Titans are just going to be a little bit better than him. And it's like, that's, it's just, it's support. true. That is how the Titans play football. They're never going to be a team that's going to absolutely blow you out, but they're going to play their brand of football. Unfortunately, I didn't see enough of this game. I didn't see enough steps of Malik Willis to really be able to give you my take. I wish I could, but he goes six for 10, 55 yards. Um, no touchdowns, one interception. Uh, Didn't do much on the ground either. Five attempts, 12 yards. So, I mean, I think that we're still a ways away from it being Malik Willis time in Tennessee, but Lord, Derrick Henry, 32 carries, 219 yards, two touchdowns. The man was an absolute moose in this game, and there's nothing that the Texans could do about it. I I touched on it last week. Texans just aren't a talented football team. They're not. That's okay. They're getting there. That's where they are in their rebuild. They're just not that talented of a football team, and that's why a team like the Titans – should and did beat them so honestly my what matters most is that uh, this game went exactly the way that it should again for both teams and i think that uh in the long run both of these teams are going to be happy titans are going to be happy that they won this game houston texas are going to be happy they lost this game so that was my takeaway
1: i have a texans takeaway so i'm glad you did titans it, it from watching enough of this and the texans as a whole nobody respects them as a passing offense to the point where now they can't really even get Damian Pierce actually going in the run game. I mean, he had 15 carries for 35 yards. It's 2.3 yards a carry. They're load up the box. Why wouldn't you not? I just think when nobody respects you as a pass offense and it's not just Davis mills, but he's also not the answer in my eyes. It's just hard for you to function as an offense. And the Texans, they know they have a long way to go on this rebuild. It's and they're gonna have the opportunity with draft capital and salary to figure that out. But it, I think it's sometimes what matters most is the most obvious, like obvious issues. And the Texans is that just nobody respects them to the throw.
0: Yep, nobody respects yep. them. I agree. I agree so, completely on that one. And nobody will. Until they show they can. This was just the beginning, honestly. Oh, Thriller in this next one. Washington Commanders, Indianapolis Colts. Commanders 17, Colts 16. They won it at the very end from a heroic drive by Taylor Heineke. Yeah. And honestly, a crazy awesome performance from uh Terry McLaurin insane he had, he had six catches 133 yards in this game anybody who was watching the broadcast already knows this but Terry McLaurin was an Indianapolis guy he was Mr. Indiana for football when he was a high school player there um him and his dad had season tickets when he was growing mm-hmm. up in that very stadium he was a Colts fan growing up he won two state championships playing high school football in that stadium he won two big 10 championships playing at Ohio State in that stadium, and. uh he got a massive come from behind last drive victory that he was a major part of now in that stadium. So very cool moment for Terry McLaurin. But what do you think mattered most from this one, Connor?
1: Yeah, that was really, really cool. I thought that was a big takeaway. I think I'll try to go on the other side of the ball to the Colts then and and just think that Sam Ellinger, while not perfect by any stretch of the means, I think he gave this offense some juice, some life. It just looked like they were alive today. And even with Jonathan Taylor I know Jonathan Taylor is going through more injury stuff, and it I don't want to say it's a lost season for Jonathan Taylor. It just feels like nothing can go right right now. Mm-hmm. But even with Ellinger, you know, his limitations, I just thought this was a team that had a little bit more uh, spark than what we saw under
0: Matt Ryan. You know, I think that this, my big takeaway was that, honestly, the Colts had more spark, period just like overall i thought the defense was flying all over the place today and it clearly this team is not going to be a team that gives up right i was wondering what the mood of the team was going to be like going from a quarterback that you traded for like matt ryan when you put him on the bench and you put a guy in who's never thrown an nfl pass in a regular season before what does that do to the rest of the team does the rest of the team believe that the season's over that they need to punt the rest of these games like where's the motivation and I felt like Frank Reich had those guys still absolutely flying around playing for, with a ton of energy I think that this loss hurts but um clearly I, I don't think the Colts are just going to be this big pushover for the rest of the season I don't think no. it's going to be a team that caves in and a good win for Washington it really was Taylor Heineke's fun man he I, 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 I don't know what to tell you Tyler, T- Taylor Heineke is fun he's got a ton of energy and they're not going to be a team that. Beats the top tier teams in the NFL. They're just obviously not. But when you get into these fun matchups with the mid to low tier teams, Taylor Heineke can put on a performance. that can get you a dub. So we saw that today.
1: Man, when is Chase Young? Where, where are we at know. with
0: Chase Young? Taking? I don't know slow his time. Or? I don't. I don't yeah, know what his the,
1: timetable is. Yeah, there's just not a lot. They just keep saying they're taking it slow. Um, okay, they're going to open his 21 day window to return starting next week. So, oh, okay, there we go obviously somebody we'd like to watch but i'm with you all right 49ers rams uh niners win pretty decisively 31 14 in a game where the rams started out good in the first quarter and it just went downhill from here uh
0: what'd you think in this one trevor wait which one you literally broke up while i was listening niners rams okay niners rams all right (sighs) all right this is my take fully healthy and pretty confident the niners are the fifth best team in the nfl and they're in in tier two. Right now, with how well the Eagles are playing and with what the Eagles even looked like today, the type of team they looked like, I would put them in a tier with the Bills and the Chiefs. Would the Eagles win more games out of a 10-game series against those teams? Maybe not, but they'd win enough for me to say this is a team that's in the same tier. The Eagles are playing so well, I think that we or at least I, I'll just speak for myself. I'm going to put them in that top tier with the Bills and the Chiefs. I am, because I think that they have the ability to win those games against those two teams. In that second tier, I think there's a lot of teams that you could bring to the table, but I think the Bengals, when they're fully healthy, obviously not having Jamar Chase is going to hurt them over the next um, six weeks or whatever it is, however long he's out with that hip injury. But I think the Niners are right there as well. Fully healthy, even with Jimmy Garoppolo. Everybody likes to talk about Jimmy, Jimmy this, Jimmy that, low ceiling, low ceiling. Uh, The rest of that team is so good them having McCaffrey and Debo Samuel in the same offense. I know Debo wasn't out there today, but I cannot wait to see what Mike or what uh, Kyle Shanahan cooks up with McCaffrey, with Debo Samuel, with Brandon Ayuk, with George Kittle, with those guys on that team because they took it to the Rams, especially in the second half. They absolutely controlled the crap out of that game. And on the defensive side of the football, I think that they're really, really strong too, of course. Uh, I know they took it. On the chin by the chiefs last week but definitely defense that you knew was going to bounce back another big takeaway that i have is unfortunately because of how good i think this 49ers team is we might look back on this emmanuel mosley injury with him being out for the year and be like if only they had Mosley." and i i'm already lamenting that scenario being a potential thing down the stretch once they get once they get into the playoffs because i really do think man Kyle Shanahan is the offensive mind and all those offensive pieces. D'Amico Ryan's in the defensive mind that he is with all those defensive pieces. This is a complete team. I think they have a chance to beat almost any team in the NFL any given week. So I think that they are a top five team in the league. Uh,
1: they're freaking scary. I mean, it, it. I know it sounds nuts how we're talking about a four and four team, but I, I've been preaching on this pod that I always believe in the Niners bounce back because they just start slow like this every year. And you look at them... I mean, how natural does McCaffrey already look on this team right no. now? There's that aspect to it. I mean, my other big thing here, because I, I don't know really what matters for the Rams, because if you've been listening, and I know they're only three and four, I just don't buy into the Rams this year. Nothing's gone nope. right for them. They were always due for regression by their roster retirements and what they've lost in free agency and not being able to. Guess what? At some point, you have to draft players to replace players. I know, like, the whole, like, oh, F them picks. Like, oh, it's so fun. Put it on a shirt. <laughs> yeah, it's funny now. Like, and you won a Super Bowl, so who cares? Like, it's, it all worked right, out for right, you. Right, But, like, the point is, like, it's fun until it's not. And now it's not fun anymore. Like, I'm not having fun anymore. So, the Niners, Nick Bosa got his eighth sack of the season in this game. Nick Bosa has a very good shot to win Defensive Player of the Year. He's up there with a couple of guys. Mm-hmm. Um, they, and Fred yeah. Warner's amazing. Fred Warner had a great game. He had 12 total tackles, but he, he, was, he just so made plays good. everywhere. Everywhere. So good. so good. The Niners, everybody that listens to this show knows we're huge D'Amico fans, think D'Amico's going to be a head coach after this year. Mm-hmm. I, I really like your take, Trevor. I. The Niners are, they were that team to buy the stock a couple weeks ago when things oh, weren't yeah. looking right, and they figured yeah. it out.
0: Maybe I need so. to, to go on Symbol and uh, see what the price is now, see if I can still get in on it. Last game. Uh, Because the Bills-Packers game is not going to be over yet. Uh, Packers scored, though, by the way, 14-7, as we are live updating here on this pod. New York Giants, Seattle Seahawks. Giants fall for just the second time this year. Um, Seattle victorious at home, 27-13. Connor, what was your big takeaway from this one?
1: I don't really over, over... I try not to overreact to quotes after games, but this one meant a lot to me. Tyler Lockett said after this game, It's amazing what we can accomplish when no one cares who gets the credit. I don't Tyler Lockett's like obviously really chilled, non-problematic dude in in every possible way. And I don't even know if there was intentions behind this quote. I think it was very Mm -hmm. real and authentic and not while thinking about somebody else, but actually thinking about them as a team. But it still matters a lot. And I think it matters that everything it came to a boiling point with Russ there. And I think along the way, I know I'm guilty, I'll raise my hand. We forgot that Seattle had a lot of talent that just wasn't Russ, but Russ's image and persona and all these things about Russ, them letting him cook, them letting him not cook, all those things. We kind of forgot about the rest of this team and they had a great rookie class. That is a huge part of all of this. And I don't think anybody really saw Gino doing what Gino was doing. Gino was playing at a high level. But that quote to me, Summed up the Seahawks. The Giants are still good. Giants had a tough week. It's a rough game It's a tough place to go travel to it happens. No real crazy reaction about the Giants here.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But the Seahawks at five and three playing as a unified group I don't know maybe Russ leaving. There's like this Deep breath sigh of relief and they got new blood in there and they got Gino who's super confident and I think for Seattle that alone shows how for real they are now.
0: I wonder if, for I love that quote, by the way. I truly do. And I, I've been thinking about it more since, since you read that. I wonder if Russ leaving was truly allowing this team in its current state to turn the page. Because when you look at the last t- 10 years of Seattle, when you think of the Seahawks at their prime, what do you think of? I think Tyler Lockett. Yes, you would consider his name in there, but you think not of really Russ, though. Which is well, like, well, he was there. Bad that we don't. So, like, I don't want to. I don't want to like disrespect Tyler Lockett because he was yeah. there and he was doing stuff. But when you really think about it, you think of Russ. You think of Marshawn Lynch. You think of Doug Baldwin. You think of uh, you think Sharon. of the Legion of. You think of the Legion of Boom. You think of uh, the linebackers, specifically led by Bobby Wagner. Right. All of those pieces, other than Lockett. Are gone. And when you still have the quarterback, I think that's the most important part of the identity. For as much as the other guys were incredible, what they did, especially during their run, Russ being there, I think was. I don't wanna I I don't wanna like fully say holding them back, but I don't really know how else to say it, other than they weren't really fully allowed to turn the page into what this next era of young players and what they were building this roster to, to become. They weren't fully able to do that while Russ was still there. Now, that's not a main catalyst for why you go, okay, let's trade this guy. Certainly there were other things behind the scenes that led to them trading Russell Wilson. But now that he was gone, for Lockett to – and I don't think there was anything, just, off the, just off, off the rip of hearing it, I don't think that was anything malicious. I didn't no. think that it was anything pointing or anything. I think Tyler Lockett, like you said, was genuinely thinking that. Everyone was was projecting the Seahawks to win five games or less this year. Basically everybody. Everybody, no expectations. You're going to be a seller-dweller team. You might get Bryce Young. You might get Will Anderson. Start the jersey swaps now. And I think that Pete Carroll has found new life and new energy about being able to coach a group of underdogs into believing that they can be something together. That, no, Russ isn't there. No, Marshawn's not there. No, Bobby Wagner's not there. No, Richard Sherman's not there. Earl Thomas isn't there. But when you have a group of guys that are almost nameless, if you will, in yep. a sense, then that becomes a team that really can rally around each other. And I think that we're really seeing that, especially in a story like Geno Smith, who is now elevated into that starting quarterback spot. So, you know, my what thing that mattered most is, this was a game between two really coached, highly competitive teams. Now, I said highly competitive. I didn't say that there were teams that were going to light up the scoreboard. That was never going to be the case. But they've always played teams really hard this season, win or lose. And I think their records certainly speak to that. You look at the score 27 to 13. You go, okay, how competitive was it? Well, Richie James fumbles two punts. And on both of those uh, occasions, Seahawks scored a touchdown off of one and a field goal off the other. You take those 10 points off the board, all of a sudden it's 17 to 13 football game. That's an extremely close final score there. So you take away those two special teams turnovers and you see how evenly matched these teams are. My one thing that matters most is simply that both of these teams are playoff caliber in the NFC this year. These are two teams that could absolutely be in the playoffs. And uh, honestly, give whoever they play some fits because they're they're just well coached team they clearly believe in each other after hearing that quote that you said which i love to hear and um it was just fun to see those teams go these teams go up against each other it wasn't going to be chiefs bills you know it wasn't going to be rams chiefs of a couple of years ago right we we weren't expecting anything to that for that like that but it was two good football teams who went up against each other who i think are playoff caliber in the nfc this year man i think that's the
1: perfect way to put it It, it's kind of funny how you know obviously we were all fired up for giant Seahawks but we knew exactly the reasons why because they have that underdog scrappy we have we need basically 35 guys to come together you know 35 plus guys each week for us to win where when you watch the bills as great as they are the Chiefs all those teams you know that one guy could put on a show and that could be the difference in the game so
0: mm-hmm.
1: I'm with you I just said that locker quote meant a lot to me of maybe not We don't always have to do the Seattle thing of rust this, rust that, but it is cool to look ahead with what they are now and and realize it's a good thing that no one saw coming.
0: There we go. That's what matters most from every game on Sunday. As we are looking at the Bills Packers live score, we're at the two-minute warning in the first half. Bills are up 14-7, to and they have the ball at Green Bay's 7 on a uh, second and four, I believe, is where we are here. So uh, not looking good for the Pack. I'm – go out of limb and say that the bills score here hopefully i don't uh, live to regret that tomorrow when this podcast drops and uh i do i think the bills are going to win and i think that uh, our takes are going to stand in the middle of the show so uh connor anything else before- oh, oh, oh oh sorry before we get out of here we are setting up A speak pipe for you guys we want to connect with you guys more we want to get you guys in on the show we haven't had as many mailbags or fan fridays or whatever we've called them and we haven't really been able to get you guys as involved in the show as we have wanted to so we have set up a speak pipe if you have never done a speak pipe before you just go com backslash nfl se and whether you're on your phone whether you're on your computer whatever it is you can leave us a voicemail so you don't even have to type anything out if you're listening to this podcast and you got to take you can literally pause the podcast go to speakpipe.com backslash nfl se and just start recording and be like yo this take trash here's why or you can be like i absolutely love this take here's my own spin on it here's my own take i agree with you this is why we would just love to hear from you guys. And on Thursday's yeah. show, at the end of the show, what we're going to do is we're going to take some of the best ones that we want to kind of start a conversation with and bring up at the end of Thursday's show. Maybe if you guys give us so many, then uh, shoot, maybe we'll do it in the, the Wednesday show as well, if that's something that we think makes sense. But we want to see – what we want to hear from you guys. We would love to hear from you. And we will play your voicemails on the show. So – don't get too crazy about it, you know. Don't be using, you know, this is a family-friendly show. You know, we let you know, some things slip every now and then, but still, you know, we got kids listening. Come on, so, you know, keep it family-friendly. But we would love to hear you guys' voices on the show. Truly, make it a family, like we're always uh, preaching that it is. So we we were starting that, and I want to make sure we got in that before we uh before we ended the show today.
1: Perfect, man. I can't wait to I can't wait to actually hear our questions. It's going to be incredible.
0: Yeah. We don't have to read them off anymore. You guys can read them off to us, so we won't butcher it at all. Uh, anything else before we get out of here, my guy?
1: No, man, that sums it up. It's going to be like sports talk radio comes to the, 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 the sex community. It's going to be unbelievable. The Happy sex- Halloween, everybody. Please
0: be safe. The sex community, he says. Happy Halloween, everybody. Like Connor says, appreciate you guys listening and watching the show. I am Trevor Sykema. That, of course, is Connor Rogers. We will see you guys on Wednesday. Thank you for listening to the NFL Stock Exchange podcast.